Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everyone, to our 20th show. And the title of the show is, What Type of Spiritual Teacher Are You Looking For? As always, I am honored and delighted that you have joined us tonight. If you have been unable to join us live, always remember that all of our shows are waiting patiently for your listening ears and your open hearts in our archives. We have been extremely blessed over these last past um, almost two years to have so many, many wonderful teachers that have joined me in, in deep conversations of the heart. Teachers like Christine Day, Patricia Diane Cota-Robles, Reverend Carol Parrish, Selena Matreya, Dave the Mystic, and so many, many others. And, and all of their teachings have come from their hearts. They come as teachers, they come as friends to help us navigate the rapids on which we ride towards our true destination that perhaps we have only just begun to fathom. And as you know, this lifetime is just the accumulation of everything you as a soul has decided and chosen to do. Everything that you've done up till now, everything that you have been, every thought, every nuance, every single blessed breath of your eternal being has brought you to this point of where you are right now. And I know that you are now in this energy of what we call our present identity, as well as mine. And we are going to go through a unprecedented uh, metamorphosis right now. We are all going through that metamorphosis. This period of time is ultimately going to carry us to the heights of what I call and what many teachers call a new human experience. And that's only if we choose to. So all of my soul show, shows, spirit must be coming in, I can hardly talk tonight. So all of my shows with all of these teachers, including the teacher we will be speaking to tonight, offer information that is provided as a love offering, just a pure love offering when I've called all of these teachers up and asked them to be on my show. They've all said with their loving hearts wide open, absolutely um, love to do this. So to those of you who have chosen to embrace now your new identities because of this expanded metamorphosis that we are going into and through, this is a show that's going to offer our listeners insights on how to do that. When I and my guests come on the show and they do it as a love offering, I only ask one thing, and that is, is that if you have found a gem or a nugget or a piece of information that has broken you open, let more light in, I would ask you to please pass on the information about the Pure Hope Show. And let them know that these offerings are offerings of love and of a very, very high vibration. 
You can put it on your Facebook, and but all of you know that by word of mouth, it is much more powerful even than Twitter or Facebook. So just pass on the love that has been given to you, and tonight that love is going to be also brought forth uh, on the show tonight. So today's show is all about picking and choosing teachers. We will be having you, helping you navigate the rapids to the best of our abilities without judgment. Melanie and I will give you on tonight's show the difference between inner knowingness and just kind of hearing the voices or going to people who might be giving you their information. Many people are getting information about their lives from other sources versus by just simply going within, just going within. And many times people experience a feeling of being somewhat flattered that an entity would choose to make contact with them. I understand that because I'm a channeler. And, but oftentimes, uh, never questioning, the students will never really question the level of communication that's really coming through. For most, if not all, this is not recommended at all to engage in speaking to lower entities. More likely than not, the source of that communication of such entities are a bit amused. I believe sometimes they are quite delighted that someone would be so gullible, that people would be so open to this type of encounter. So once again, I think Mel and I are going to help you um, at least begin to ponder how to choose a teacher, how to choose what um, that ingredients is of discernment, um, my friend, my mentor, my teacher is a teacher who is going to talk about inner knowingness, to which we both refer to in this type of work that it comes not from the outside of us, but what we would call a silent realization that comes from the depths of our own being in times of great introspection. So let me tell you just a bit about tonight's guest speaker. Her name is Melanie Williams. She is a faithful servant to the light. She is a local teacher right here in Mankato, Minnesota. She and I believe that enlightenment is an intensely personal process and that we can be guided by the right teachers into a transformation that Melanie calls going from living a life of drama and trauma to living a life of dharma. Melanie's connections are with the higher realms of her own divine energy through which information comes to her. Always, always been divinely inspired to teach and to give information out and to teach techniques to help others connect to their own inner divine guidance. Techniques such as yoga, inner breath work, meditation, emotional tapping release work. She belongs to what I call a group of team members around the world who have come to transmit energy and information to ensure that the divine plan is carried to fruition by those who are entrusted with that mission. She has come to volunteer, to serve, in physical form in these changing times. So please welcome my guest tonight, Miss Melanie Williams. Hello, Miss Melanie, how are you? Hi, sweetheart. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I've been listening to some of the blog talk 
guests, and um, yes, I feel deeply honored to be in line with those others that you have interviewed. So I am here, and um, hopefully we'll be able to shed some light to people who are interested in, in, in this topic. Well, um, I just want to let everybody know who know me and who don't know me that the reason why I was kind of going over these words, I can feel a lot of energy. And when I'm speaking to a significant teacher and what I would call a team teacher from other uh, beings who are around the world at this time who are doing team teaching together, and what I mean by team teaching is they don't even need to know each other personally they just know through their oversoul that they are team teachers to bring through what i call vivid clear clarity messages and to help people find their inner um what i call their sanctuary of their higher self so it is a joy i'm going to tell them listeners that how i decided to have mel is really spirit told me we uh, had talked just a bit, I think, one day and over the phone, and I went out to mow the lawn, and Melanie was telling me about her programs and her mentorship group and what she does for those mentorship groups and that they were coming up. And so here I go out the door mowing the lawn, and all of a sudden Spirit says to me, put this woman on your blog talk show so she can explain some of her mentorship programs. So that is how this program even begun. So it's a joy to have you have you here. The first question, Mel, I would like to ask is that um, many, many teachers here upon this planet, that this is a time that we are coming together and what I call in cooperation of the divine plan at hand. And, um, and I think teachers are finding their what I call teacher teammates. I believe that they cross all barriers of race, religion, and different cultural backgrounds. So how do you begin to recognize who is real and who is not real and who perhaps your teacher teammates are? Well, I'll start with who my teacher teammates are are and have been, because I want to honor teachers that have been very important to me. I'm not studying with currently, um, but certainly I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't wasn't for them. And I try to remember, Janice, if I, I think that I, I think you were the first one, you know, in person, other than reading like Marianne Williamson, and that she was the first person that I read that I, I was, a, you know, so deeply touched by her words. But I think that I somehow found out about you and started coming down for readings like just once a year. Um, at that point, I was living up by Arlington in Winthrop, which is about an hour from here, 45 minutes. And um, But but those readings were, were important. And, and <laughs> you used to tell me, you used to say to me, do you know who you are? And I'd be like, no, I don't know who I am. <laughs> Then you say, do you know that, and then as the years went, do you know that you're a teacher's teacher? Are you telling people who you are? I'm like, no, I'm not telling people. <laughs> I think I've, I've come a long ways from then. So certainly I want to honor you, Janice, as, one. you know, I'm thinking my first mentor, and you are still my mentor and my teacher. I still, you know, have um, sessions with Janice throughout the year, and um, 
she has been a tremendous guide for me. And then my other, my first um, in-depth teacher was a woman named Deb Schubert. Deb is still um, te- working. She's in Colorado, uh, yes, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and um, a very sensitive in intuitive and um, a wonderful teacher that taught me so much of what I continue to teach. And um, then my beloved Mona, who owns Sun Moon Yoga Studio here in Mankato. Um, I studied for a couple years with some relationship coaches, Paul and Lane Cutright. And then my main, other than Mona, my yoga teacher, there's a, a gentleman a gentleman named Tim Feldman, who's based out of Miami, in the Ashtanga tradition that I've taught with. And I want to acknowledge my friends who are highly enlightened and um you know just a shout out to gary and wendy and mona and kelly um who have just been on the path with me for a long time and my students i mean i learn a tremendous about amount from my students so that's that's my my team and if there's anybody i've forgotten i apologize but so how you know how do you pick my gosh there it really is pretty overwhelming. You go online um, because now you can study with people from all over the world. It's not just who's in your local town. That was the case before. So, you know, I think there is that discernment. You're, you really have to be centered when you are looking. And, um, you know, when I, before I studied studying with Deb Schubert, and I was going to, I was interested in studying Reiki with her at that time, she lived in New Alm, and I was living in um, on a farm outside of Arlington, Minnesota. And, and I actually went, I called her up and set up an appointment with her because I went to meet her. I wanted to meet her before I studied with her because I wanted to see if I thought she was a fit for me. You know, if I didn't feel any energetic connection, any heart connection, I wasn't going to study with this woman. So I'm always surprised when students will call me out of the blue and some you know, a lot of times it's a referral, so that makes sense. But sometimes they've just found my name through, through Sun Moon Yoga Studio, and um, they will sign up for a class. And, you know, they may live in another state because I do a lot of teleconferencing and Skype work, FaceTime work. Um, sometimes I'll just show up at my house, and I am surprised by that. But so... Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that heart connection, you know, that that chemistry that goes on, I think is really, really important when you're picking out um, a teacher to know if it's a real connection for you or not. And And I think that shows up quickly, Janice. You you know, you feel it or you don't. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. One other thing I want to say here is that that I think is really important for people to think about is that there are some wonderful spiritual teachers that are the big-name teachers that, that have the big stage. They have the world stage. Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, um, Wayne Dyer, you know, there's several of those. But it's a small handful, and we read their books, and sometimes we're lucky enough to go to a weekend workshop with them or whatever. But we need to... Personally, on a day-to-day level, week-to-week level, we need teachers who are in the trenches, who have the ability and the accessibility of being in the trenches with us. Because especially when you are first starting out your journey, you need that accessibility. And people like Janice and I, 
We are accessible. We are in the trenches with you. And I think that's a huge difference and something so important to look for when you're looking for a teacher. Will that person be accessible? You know, when I start my journey and I start going through the dark night of the soul, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what the hell? I just asked to be happy, and suddenly my life is falling apart. I need to be able to have access to my teacher. Uh-huh. What do you think about that, uh-huh. Janice? I, I agree totally. I agree totally. The the teachers, just as you mentioned, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, you know, um, Marianne Williamson, that um, there is this, uh, they brought through and they're still bringing through phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal information. But on the other hand, their um, approachability sometimes, sometimes it's hard to approach that energy sometimes because now it's not an equal relationship. It's more of an adoration or um it's just not an approachable energy. And right now what I feel amongst uh, the planet at this time is this great need for unity consciousness and oneness consciousness. And that just as you have done so wonderfully, you said, I'd like to do a shout out to my teammates and all of my teachers. And then you say, and also to my students, how I learn so much from my students. And... I don't know if I've ever heard that from Deepak Chopra. You know, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever heard that from Wayne Dyer. I, you know, for me, I've not heard that. And that's where right now upon this planet, what I would call the divine planet hand is to create unity or oneness consciousness. And if that is truly a consciousness that we're aiming for or that is truth, then everyone's a teacher and everyone's a student. Mm -hmm. Everyone's a teacher. Yep. Right. Yeah. The other thing that I think is really important here is that when you're looking for a teacher, you may go and have a session with them or start a class, class with them and if you i think that it's really important for a teacher to be able to believe in the student and even for the student if the student can't believe in and for themselves until they are able to because sometimes they come in and they really are lost and um they don't see their value and and or like maybe they have something a healing that they desire and if if I, as a teacher, cannot believe in possibility, an in infinite possibility, I would want to. I would not want to study with someone that did not believe in infinite possibility. Right. If they're right. like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I don't know. You know, you've been stuck in this pattern for a long time. I really don't know that you can find your way out of that." I'd be looking for the door. Yep. So I think you have to find somebody who is really, who you know. I often say, "I'm a great cheerleader." I will believe uh-huh. in you, and I will support you, and I will share my wisdom with you. I will share with you whatever I have learned. I will share with you. Uh-huh. Do you have any techniques at all that you teach about um, developing discernment at all? Developing discernment. You know, I think that that just comes from having a daily practice, you know, sitting in meditation doing your own self-exploration through your own journaling. And I think as 
as we get to know ourselves more deeply and we start to sort out our the inner voice versus the cacophony versus the mm-hmm. voice, then I think that that discernment starts to grow. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I would agree. Yeah, I think I would it's agree. That, yeah. And the, just the last thing that I want to say about looking for a teacher is, like, is that, you know, any teacher that's really going to be worth their salt, they have a very strong daily practice. That they're connecting to spirit every day. And that, you know, that it's like if I were to, you know, go teach a yoga class or teach one of my mentorship classes or have a session and then I was out carousing and I was out, you know, bad-mouthing people, it's like we need to walk our talk. And um, it, it's like, you know, I, I was listening to, I think it was maybe Selena, um, what she was talking about. I think she was the one about that, you know, her life is her spiritual practice. I think mm-hmm. any, any good teacher of spirituality, that that is just, a, that is the truth. Is that, you know, our practice, my practice doesn't end you know, 8 o'clock in the morning when I come downstairs, that's just, it's just a continuation of that. My whole day, my, you know, is my mindfulness, what I do, how I respond to people. It, my life is my practice. And I think that's what you need to look for in a teacher. Is their life their practice? I would agree. I would agree totally, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we talked about before the program started is, um, and you and I have talked about it many times about helping people out of their drama into right. their dharma. But I don't right. think very many people know what dharma means. Could you tell our guests what dharma means? Yeah, you know, very simply, I think my view of dharma is is just like what is our soul's purpose? What do we really? What does our soul long to express here on the planet? And I think that some of us are lucky enough to be working full-time in our dharma. Some people might have another job, and they do their side gig as their dharma, but it's very, it's deeply fulfilling. Like, how do you know that you're living your dharma? It's deeply fulfilling. That's, I think, the main thing. It is deeply fulfilling. I think that usually it has some, well, I don't, I was going to say that it has an aspect of service, but I, I stopped because, um, you know, an artist, a writer, um, it really comes from your, your deepest essence. It's something that just, you know, before I became a spiritual teacher, I was still a teacher. It's like I taught anything I ever learned, I taught. And, you know, I started out as a massage therapist, and people just always told me, you know, their concerns. When I did Reiki, you know, then it just it, it just like I was such a, it's just such a natural thing for me to be supportive of people, to listen to them, to help them kind of find their way. One time, um, a lovely friend of mine, um, first name is Chris, she, she had read this word, and the word was way, way shower, way shower. And she said, Mel, that's what you are. You are a way shower. You shall help us. You help show the way to each of your students. And I thought that was so lovely. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I don't with know Dharma, you feel it. You yes. know, if you're in a job that's not that's not filling your soul, you're not in your Dharma. 
The statement that I love the most that I use quite often, so if the listeners are listening of my clients, is that it's a Sufi statement that says there is a fire within us all that needs Mm -hmm. no wood. There's Mm -hmm. a fire within us all that needs no wood. And so how I describe Dharma to many clients and students is that there's a fire that you don't need to go out chop wood, shove it in that, and make it passionate. There's just an enormous amount of passion, an enormous amount of joy, enormous amount of happiness when you literally are doing your dharma. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, like you can't help but do it. Your dharma, you cannot right. help but do it. And so, like, if somebody, if somebody isn't, like, um, a world-known musician, but they're they're playing the guitar all the time. They're singing all the time. They they cannot they cannot not do. You cannot not do what your dharma is. If if you're if you're if your dharma is to be an artist, you cannot not be drawing. Uh-huh. Like you said, it doesn't need any stoking. It's just such a part of you. But if you push it down, it will be painful because that voice needs to be expressed. It just it's it's who we are. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so you and I both know that right now it is much needed that we kind of have that divine guidance within us and to listen to that divine guidance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that skill, what I believe needs to be developed or strengthened somehow. Um, but I also know, which is going to be an interesting question perhaps for you as I kind of ponder it. There are many people who go within or so they say they do go within and yet I come to a great understanding that sometimes our ego can sometimes pretend to be someone's divine inner guidance Mm -hmm. so the discernment on that I believe is crucial because Mm -hmm. there are two types then of energies that are inside the ego find guidance so how do you help people understand that or discern that when they're listening to their ego and they think, nope, this is my divine guidance. I'm supposed to be doing this when really it's their ego. How do you help people discern between ego and versus divine guidance? Well, first off, I think sometimes we just we just have to make the mistakes and fig- and that's one of the ways we figure it out. Um we all fall on our faces, and, and that's just one of the paths we take. But one of the things that I learned from Deb Schubert was she talked about um, the voice of the heart and the voice of the mind. And the voice of the heart, that inner voice, is very simple. It's quiet. It's no fanfare. It's simple. The voice of the mind is complicated. It can carry a tinge of of heaviness or it's just wordier. And so if you put your pen to paper or if you ask yourself, if you get centered and you ask yourself, you know, some questions and you start to get like this full dialogue in your head, um, it could certainly be coming from that ego mind rather than the heart voice just saying yes, no, 
call Janice. You know, like like you said, you were mowing the lawn. It's like have Mel on Blog Talk Radio. It wasn't a whole conversation. It was just like a directive. Right. So uh-huh. I think I think that's one way. Um, I think that's a really good way to discern. If it's simple, it's from the heart. If it starts to try to explain, analyze, um, justify, that's from the mind. Good answer. I think that's a great answer. I never quite thought of it that way, but that's a really good answer. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about meditation because I know you are a big, big, big teacher about meditation and that's a big part of your life and that you teach people and try to help people have a daily practice of meditation. So why do you think meditation is such a big part of your life and such a big part of your teaching to others? Well, I think that through meditation is really how we do find that inner place of silence. I think it is how I connect with that deepest part of myself. It's how I connect with spirit. It brings a great sense of groundedness to me. I feel like we can feel people who have a strong meditation practice. There's like, it's like, um, oh, I'm seeing in my mind's eye, like, it just just this strong root system. It's just like the lower part of the ground, they're just rooted, and there's, there's this expansive feeling. And so in the world that we live in, the world that we live in is so unrooted. It's so ungrounded. It's so chaotic. So the majority of people are living from their from their neck on up. And we just so desperately need to ground. So meditation, this is kind of interesting that meditation, even though it's from the seventh chakra, sixth and seventh chakra more, you know, up with the third eye and, and opening of the crown, uh, it's still, though, when it's done, quote-unquote, correctly, it's deeply grounding because it pulls us back into ourselves. It pulls us back into ourselves as well because here's the thing. I think there's such a connection between spirit and us. And in order for me to really connect with spirit, I have to be deep within myself. If So this kind of goes back to the other question we were talking about too. If If we just go out and look for information, but we are not connected strongly within ourselves, that's where we're going to get that low energy of of, of information. And uh-huh. if we are really grounded deeply in ourselves and then ask for the information, then we're going to get good, clear information that we can count on. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I would agree. So I was wondering if you'd like to share any type of meditation with us at this time that you would love to have this experience to give some energy out to our listeners tonight. Is there something that you could share with us tonight as a small meditation? I can. This is actually a very simple meditation, but <clears throat> when I first start working with people in my in like the first mentorship or some of my first classes, 
most students have not had a meditation practice. And so I think that when we try to, for someone who's inexperienced and you just drop into a meditation, their minds are all over the place. It's really difficult for them to kind of come into their energy body and to feel that container that then we can have a more successful meditation. And so I created this um, this meditation to create the container for the sit, for the seated meditation, or for whatever um, guided visualization I would be inspired to lead after that. So I'm just going to give the first part, and I think that people will be able to feel this energetically, palpably, as we go through it. So I'll have everybody gently close your eyes and start taking some nice, long, deep inhales and exhales. You may be seated in a chair. You may be seated on the floor. You want your spine to be comfortable, but try to have a little bit of length so that the light can flow easily up and down your spine. And as you close your eyes, this may be the first time all day, maybe all week, maybe all month, where you close your eyes and meet yourself. And you may have a feeling that your soul, your heart is saying, oh, there she is, there he is. And you may feel, experience a sense of joy in your heart. So just breathing and feeling that for a moment. You are coming in to be with yourself, your very best friend. And so we're going to create a container so that after you have created this for yourself, you'll be able to sit more easily in your meditation. So I want you to imagine an elliptical, egg-shaped energy field around your body. And we are going to expand that energy field a little bit to create more space and to ground yourself in. So it's going to be a little bit like blowing up a balloon where you blow and then you have to kind of catch your breath and so you you back off a little bit. And so I'm going to guide you through that. So with your eyes closed, just envisioning this through your third eye, or as my friend Wendy says, your first eye. As you inhale, imagining that energy field expanding just a little bit, and then it may recede a tiny bit as you breathe. As you inhale, it will expand a little bit more. On the exhale, it relaxes. Inhale, will expand just a little bit more. On the exhale, it relaxes. 
Inhale, it expands just a little bit more. Exhale, pause. We're just going to breathe here for a few minutes. And you might actually feel like you're sitting inside this bubble now, this elliptical energy field that you've strengthened and you've expanded around yourself and you're safe inside. And we're just breathing and enjoying this sitting in the center. Keep allowing your breath to drop deep into the belly. Shoulders are relaxed. Jaw, tongue is relaxed. Your mind is relaxed. And now that that's set in place, we're going to move into the heart center. And we're going to expand your heart center in the same way. So on the inhale, imagining your heart expanding a little bit more to be able to hold more love and compassion. As you exhale, just release, relax. Inhale, expanding a bit more. Exhale, just pause. Inhale, expand once again. Exhale, pause. Inhale, expanding. Exhale, pause. Last one, inhale, expanding to be able to hold more love, more compassion, more tenderness. Exhale, pause. And then just breathe into that space that you have created energetically by your intention and your breath. And you can bring your attention back and forth between the two, feeling that energy field around yourself, feeling your expanded heart. You may notice it feels a bit softer. You can feel that opening openness. Maybe it's a little uncomfortable. Just breathe. And now we're going to move into the center of the mind. And I want you to imagine a bright, light in the center of your mind and we're going to expand that light that you will be able to have greater clarity and greater vision so once again inhale expanding that light exhale pause inhale expand and pause Inhale, expand, and pause two more times. Inhale, letting it grow a little bit larger, greater clarity. Exhale, release. And the last time, inhaling, exhale. And see if you can actually feel more space 
within your mind. And just checking back into feeling that expansion of the heart center, expansion of the physical, of the etheric field around the body, and now the expanded mind, allowing them to strengthen with each breath, And now for the last piece, we're going to create a connection between your divine mind and your divine heart. So I want you to imagine there's five steps. The first one is in the center of the light in the mind, and the last is in the center of your divine heart, your sacred heart. And we're going to create a bridge of light. So imagine yourself in a tiny form standing at the top of the step, and then we take go on to the fourth step, and we go to the third step, halfway between, creating this bridge of light and connection, to the second step, into the first step, into the center of the heart, and now we've got this beautiful bridge and this connection between divine heart and divine mind. And you have access flowing freely between the clarity of your mind and the openness and the softness and the wisdom of your sacred heart. Allowing yourself to feel, sense, see. And before we leave this space, I invite you to pose one question into this center that we have created, into this expanded field, this open heart, clear mind. Pose it into your heart. All of this is here in place now to support you. A question that's been burning. Place it there gently. You may get a response immediately. You may get a response in your sleep state tonight, in the morning when you awaken, on your walk tomorrow, on your yoga mat. But it's been posed in this very grounded, open space. It's been beautifully prepared for a very direct contact between spirit and your authentic self. Begin to take some nice, slow, deep breaths. Begin to bring yourself back into this time and space continuum here with Janice and myself. Maybe rubbing your legs or your hands. Take one more long inhale and exhale. And bring yourself back. And so if you were going to use that, you would stay in that place once you had it created, and then you could go on into 
a deeper seated meditation or a guided visualization, whatever it was you were, or or correspond or you know a, a Q and A with spirit. Hmm. Hmm. How lovely. I can certainly feel the bubble around my body. My assistant Jody just shook her head too. She was sitting here listening to the mm-hmm. meditation and she also could feel the energy, the bubble kind of around her body. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Have a bit of a Q&A session with with spirit. With spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, would... if that, even if that point, um, some people do well with just Q&A, like asking a question, hearing it. Some people do better with putting pen to paper. So even though you've created that and your eyes are closed at that point, you could pick up your journal and do Q&A and do it, you know, like write the question and then let yourself write from that from that space. Hmm. Yeah, that's a lovely meditation. It's a lovely meditation. Mm-hmm. Thank I you. wanted to encourage our, our listeners that if there is anybody out there, I think I forgot to give the phone number because I was feeling so much energy at the beginning of the program that if there is anyone who is listening who has any questions uh, for Melanie, you can call the number 213-559-2974. Let me give that again. 213-559-2974. And then you would just press the number one, and then you would be on the air. Mr. Tom will take you, and he will let me know if there's any questions for either I or Miss Melanie. Um, so let us talk a little bit about that lovely energetic word called resistance. <laughs> wow. And, yep. and that we all resist. Um, I, You know, my, my spiritual teacher, Christina Rose, will will always um, lovingly push me to the point where she says, oh, my love, you are carrying some resistance on the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how how can we overcome resistance to change or overcome resistance to, like you, you will always say that, um, Again, teachers are not supposed to drink and um, because their energetic field is more clear and that, that meditation helps people become more clear. And I see a lot of resistance sometimes around that. And so how do you think that we can recognize perhaps our resistance and overcome resistance so we can change? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it is certainly very individual. You know, if somebody comes forward and says they really want to be on a spiritual journey, but they still have a lot of addictions, they've got to do some cleanup first. I mean, we can only get so far if we're going to still be, you know, really wallowing in our addictions. Um, And, you know, they're prevalent. I mean, we're we're humans, and it's, it's not that we're bad, but... But it's like it, it, it depends on, you know, what do we want? What do we want? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what path do we, do we seek? 
And I know that I've read both both Wayne Dyer and Doreen Virtue after they got so far into their journeys. And Spirit told both of them, if you want to go further, you have to clean up your vessel. You have to clean up your diet. You have to, you know, you have to be free of the alcohol. Um, because if you want to be in with the higher levels of frequency, those things cloud the frequency. So those of us who understand energy, that just makes sense. That just makes sense. So... You know, it depends on, yes, you know, I would say where I encounter the most resistance, I teach a six-week class, um, I call it the beliefs class, we we, we use a, a lot of Byron Katie's material, we do some law of attraction study, but we go in the, the different areas of our life and, and try to discern what are some of our limiting beliefs and then how do we begin to correct those, and those first couple classes in the beliefs class are so difficult because people are so resistant to seeing what their patterns are and to seeing, you know, this is the biggest thing that I see. People, we want to tell our story. We want to blame other people. And, man, I've been there myself. Absolutely, I've been there myself. And we don't want to take responsibility. We don't, you know, Paul and Lane cut right, they they taught, you know, radical personal responsibility. Not just personal responsibility, but radical personal responsibility. We don't really like that. You know, it feels easier to blame somebody else. And so when, when, you know, we start talking in the beliefs class or the mentorship class about, okay, you know, here's this story about your mother or your father or this person or, or your workmate or this, it's like, okay, that's all about them. What is this about you? And boy, you can just see like the walls go up. And that initially, until people realize that that's where they become empowered when they can find their own limiting beliefs and then they can work on those things. We can't do anything about anybody else. So when we get that piece, really life becomes easier. But there's a lot of resistance until we can make that make that switch. We haven't been taught that. Mm-hmm. I love the words put together, radical responsibility. Um, yeah. I think that is a difficult piece for many people to take a look at. And the responsibility of being a light worker or teacher or being who has said yes to their sacred contract to bringing light to the planet and to spread that out to the planet. And, um, you know, the three words that we talk a lot about, and I talk a lot about it with my clients as well as your clients, when we get together, we talk about that whole to be intentional, deliberate, and conscious. Yes, I love those words. Yes, and if we we were totally and completely and utterly deliberate, conscious, and intentional in every aspect of our life, if we really were going to commit to that, then I believe that many of us would live a totally different lifestyle. Yeah. I want to add something about this word, conscious or consciousness you know you and i we live in this world those words we use we use them all the time 
we use them all the time with ourselves and with our students. But when people start to hear about consciousness and mindfulness, some people feel like that's kind of woo-woo. You know, people call it New Age, like, oh, consciousness, oh, they're really mindful. But being conscious is so practical. Being conscious is, is simply knowing where I park my car, knowing, uh-huh. making a conscious choice of, of where I'm going to go, where I'm going to spend my money in the grocery store. What what restaurant am I going to support? What 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 nutrition am I going to bring into my body? Consciousness it, it creates an authentic life. Otherwise, I say we live by default. It's like the old pin, pinball machines, you know, you'd hit those side things and the ball would bounce all over. And so many people just live by default. But the words that you have shared, intentional, deliberate, conscious, it's like we wake up in the morning and we think. I had a a client here today and he said, you know, I wake up in the morning and I think, you know, I want to be kind today. Now that's a man who's living with intention, consciousness, and deliberate. And it's simple but so powerful. I want to be a kind I want to be kind to the people that I meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. if the world was filled with that, there would be no prisons. There would be many less diseases on the planet. Because with that, then, would would, would come truth-telling and honesty. Yes, yes. I know I had a client that said, well, it sounds so daunting. It's so daunting to think that I have to be conscious, deliberate, and intentional in my all of my life. And I said, well, could you look at it this way, that really our natural birthright, that's the truth of who we really are. We just got messed up somewhere along the line. So it isn't daunting. It really, truly is our natural, cosmic, spiritual truth. That, And it really is just being intentional, deliberate, and conscious in that moment. So in that moment... It be it might be I'm thirsty. I need to go get a glass of water. Huh. Uh-huh. It's that simple. It's just moment by moment by moment. We don't have to look at the whole of it. It's just what am I going to do this hour? What am I going to do this moment? Correct. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Correct. We do have a question here, so I'm going to pop up this person and. Hello, you're on the Pure Hope talk show, blog show. Do you have a question for Miss Melanie? Well, I have a comment for mm-hmm. Melanie and you, Hope. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you both as being two of my most valuable teachers. And I appreciated Mel's meditation and I think you've already sort of answered my question or my comments um, because I think a teacher is very important, but I also think you both as my teacher have talked about using your life situations and experiences and the people you meet as your teachers, your mirrors also. 
So I'm wondering if you have suggestions for how to do that, especially when the situation is less than happy or the people are rather annoying. Where do you go with that? And I'm thinking radical responsibility, intention, all these things you've just been saying, paying attention are good. Do you have some other suggestions? Do you want me to go, Janice? Or? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. All right. So <clears throat> what I teach my students is you first take that situation and you bring it into your own experience because here's something that Paul and Lane taught me was that we're, we are never upset for the reason that we think. So whatever is showing up in our current life, it is linked back to a past event where, where the, the first charge was created. And there could be many charges. And so that the current event is just trying to wake up that part of ourselves inside ourselves that wants to be healed. And the only way that we can go back and find the initial wound is to be triggered, triggered in, in the present moment. So rather than just creating the story about what's in the present moment, you would start to say, okay, what am I feeling here? And I would say, you know, you take a journal and you write down all the things that you're feeling and just, you know, it can be many, many things. And then what am I, what am I thinking? And then ask yourself the question, when's the earliest that I can remember feeling this way? Different people, different time, but wow, I felt the same way back then. Then you go back and you do healing on that initial wound and those initial that's where the belief started that you're still just playing out in the present moment. That's that's getting to the root of the wound, not just cleaning up the gravel on the top, but just like really getting in deep. And I have many other techniques that I teach, but that's the important questioning for yourself. Thank you. Does that You're make welcome. sense, Clea? I, I heard you? that. That's great. Pardon? Does that make Clea, sense? Good to hear your voice. <laughs> yes, yes. It's all. It all sounds familiar, and yeah. it's just a, a matter of remembering exactly to do it. Exactly. And, you know, here's and, the here's the thing. You know, I teach a. Can I talk a little bit about the daily practice that I teach, Janice? Absolutely, absolutely. So this is this is kind of my thing that I've developed over the years. And, uh, you know, as spiritual teachers, we all talk about a daily practice. The daily practice that I teach has three components. And the first one is journaling. And it can be freestyle journaling. It could be like a Q&A. It could be like a kind of a detective work. But it's journaling just to kind of, you get your, you get stuff out on the paper, and the second part is you you choose a, a clearing technique. So I use EFT a lot. Sometimes I use the Byron Katie's the work, and then the third part is the meditation. And so when I when I teach this to my mentorship group, I have found over time that to kind of bypass some of the resistance, especially for people who. Um, are perfectionists or, or really unsure, I actually have them get a timer. And I say, spend 30 minutes a day. 
And I call it a daily practice, but when I say daily practice, I'll t- I tell my students um, more days than not because I don't want them to, to beat themselves up if they miss a day here and there. And then I say do 10 minutes of your journaling, 10 minutes of the tapping or the clearing work, and 10 minutes of the meditation. Next day, you do the same thing. Next day, you do the same thing. And then when anything shows up in your life that needs clearing, that needs closer examination, then the next morning you take it to your daily practice and you process it and you sort it through. And sometimes it may take several mornings, but you've got a place to take it. And so you can, it's where you can take the drama and turn it into something and into some, and to diffuse that drama. Um, if there are days you have longer, then you, you, you can spend longer. But I just say start simple and build from that place. And this whole thing is an act of great self-love of, of like, you know, if you have a best friend and you go out and you listen to them and you share with them and you process with, with them and you deepen that relationship with them, well, this is how you deepen the relationship with yourself is you spend this time with yourself in your daily practice. And I have found that in a lot of practices is that people will journal or they'll meditate. I don't find many practices that include this clearing technique, and um, or they'll just do the clearing technique. And so I, I see it as the first part of, like, you know, kind of getting yourself out out there, just whatever is on your mind, kind of spilling your guts and clearing um, just getting it out, and then the second, clearing it, and then the meditation softens everything, and then you can sit with spirit. So that's one of my main teachings, and then we just we just do it again and again to really root it deeply in the students. That's great, a great, great. It's really good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to put in a plug that I really think the EFT has been great for me and and also just a yoga practice as a beginning to meditation. Mhm. Mhm. That's a great one too. To open the energy channels and mhm just and just get ready to sit. Mhm. So, so I think that balance is really helpful as a daily practice. Yes, so yes. Thanks for that. I agree. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Thanks, Clea. Thank Thank you so much. Blessings. Love you both. Mm -hmm. Love you too, Mm, dear. Love you. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, Would you tell us, since you've already told us what you teach in your meditation practice, and we know um, that right now, all of the internet is talking about this time where there is so much transformation that's taking place right now. And so we are being guided, helped um, to do um, cleansing and clearing and to grow. So what do you offer clients during this time to help them achieve their maximum spiritual growth and remembrance at this time? What do you personally teach or what do you offer them? Yeah, you know, um, I have a couple classes that I call my foundational classes. One of them is a six-week class. It's it's the one that I was talking about earlier. It's a um, belief I call my belief class. It, I help you know I help you find out your beliefs in different areas, and we start to try to clear those. That's a six-week class, and that's actually going to, I'm that's going to start next Wednesday night. 
And it'll be, uh, people can come and sit with me in my living room, and they can also be on the phone like this as a teleconference. And it starts next Wednesday, which be November 5th, and then runs for six consecutive Wednesdays from, it'll run from about 7 to 8.30, maybe 7 till 9 on those evenings. And um, my other foundational class is I, I teach a seven-week chakra class, and that will be taught in the spring. And um, um, you'll be able to go to my website, um, which I'll be giving out in a little bit, um, and, and you'll read information about when that's coming. Uh, two other things. Another thing that um, that I'm really encouraging people to check out is my master class or my membership site. I've tried to include teachings at a variety of costs. So my least expensive item is my membership site, which is $29.97, you know, less than $30 a month. It's three phone calls a month with me, and we have a theme for each month. And the first, the first call is, um, uh, is the teaching the the next phone call is we do some tapping we do some clearing work around issues that have come up around it and the third one is a guided visualization around it and so there's three calls in a month for less than thirty dollars and um, people have had great results taking that class so I go from that and then I go all the way and then my highest classes are you know are like twelve hundred dollars and that's that's for private mentorships. Uh, like a six-month private mentorship with me. And I have group mentorships that run for nine months, and you can read about all that on my line. But, you know, um, for the sake of this call, I'm really encouraging you to to take a look at the membership site classes, the belief classes. And I do have a couple of spots open yet for a private mentorship. I'm I'm pretty much booked up, but I have a couple openings for that yet. And um, all of this is written about much more in detail on my website. You can go to uh, MelanieJWilliams.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, MelanieJWilliams.com. Great. Can you share one more thing, Mel? What is your personal mission statement upon this planet? You know, um, I really pondered that. And I'm glad that you sent me these questions in advance so I could think about this because I thought, wow, what is it? Um, my personal mission statement right now is really to continue to understand my own self-value, my own self-worth, and to act from that place. And for other people, it's to help them move through their limiting beliefs so that they can really come into a deep awareness of their own self-value. Because I think that when we deeply love and value ourselves, we get soft and we get open to to guidance from spirit, to our creative gifts, to, um, to, to living a, a lovely life and sharing it with other people, that we're kind, we're generous. And so that ability to be able to deeply love and accept ourselves is a powerful place to stand in. That's beautiful. And I had to smile when you were answering that because every single 
nationwide teacher that I have talked to on the Pure Hope Show, when I asked them the last question, uh, like even like Christine Day, what is one last thing that you'd like to tell our guest tonight? And it was so interesting because she said, I want people to forget about the dirty rivers and the waters. I do want people to forget about what is happening in the world. And I want people to focus now on the inside world. And I want them to deeply hold themselves in love. Oh, interesting. And Patricia Diane Cotto Robles said almost the exact thing. So all of these teachers that I have talked to and I profoundly um, appreciate that when they gave the very last statement, it was very much like yours, is to hold themselves in value, which to me is also to hold themselves in love, to hold Mm -hmm. themselves in love. I appreciate that so much. Do you want to give your website one more time so our audience knows how to get a hold of you to ask any questions or to look at your classes once again that you offer? Yes, it's Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-J-Williams.com. You can find me on Facebook. um, And if you go to MelanieJWilliams.com, you'd be able to email me from there too. So I encourage you to go and check things out. And I look forward to hearing from some of you if you feel called to and inspired by my words tonight. And I, again, just want to thank Janice so deeply for just being you. I love you so much. You are just, you are like the heart of this community. And, um, oh. yeah, yeah, well, you really thank are. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. And I want to thank you, Mel, for being on the program tonight and for working with us as we got this date together. And I do believe that you're one of my team teachers on this global link of light workers around the world. So I thank you for doing all the work um, that you do. I consider you, when I talk about you, especially to our community at the Hope Interfaith Center, there are certain women I would say men. I don't know a lot of men within this community because I was born and raised here um, a long time ago, that you're one of the grandmothers, that you're one of the women, the brave women who stepped out bravely and boldly to teach and to talk about spirit, and that takes a lot of um, persistence and gusto and strength, and you have done it. Uh, wonderfully. So I thank you for bringing much light um, to the Hope Interfaith Center and much light to this area of Mankato, Minnesota. And thank you for being one of my team teachers on this global link of light workers who just bring love and light to the planet. I want to thank you so much, Mel, for tonight. Yeah, you are deeply welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And to my many, many listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in this evening. Remember, there are many programs with some fantastic teachers waiting in the archives. They are patiently waiting for you to listen to them. I would tell you that on some cold, cold night this winter, or perhaps just this chilly fall night, you just might want to get yourself a cup of tea and listen to the many great teachers on our program and enjoy them. Take time for yourself in these days ahead. 
to assimilate the teachings that are coming from your own inner knowing. It's time to integrate that information into your awareness. And what my uh, dearest beloved, I had Irma Beaumont, who has been my mentor for many, many years. She had just passed yesterday, and I was with her when she did this transition at the age of 98 years old. And she reminded me, even on her transitional bed, that awareness is not worth anything unless you do something with that awareness. So I certainly want to dedicate this program to my sweet teacher and mentor, um, Irma Beaumont, who has been by my side helping me every, every step of the way. So remember that this is the time, my dear friends, that if you are carrying things that no longer serve you, now is the time to let them go. The time for beginning to build what we call the fundamental structure, support system, that supports us in our new roles that you have chosen now to play in these times to come. It is now time to find that fundamental structure that will support you. The time for recognizing your unlimited divine essence is now. And the time for polishing that essence, purifying that essence, and preparing that essence to serve God, the light, without any absolute reservation, it is now. And to know without question that you are the living, holy, divine beings of white light. And it is time to live your dharma right now. If you like any more information about the Hope Interfaith Center, we were doing our blog talk show out of, please look us up at www.hopeinterfaithcenter.net or can you look us up on Facebook and perhaps become our friends. So until next month, I want to namaste you all and namaste means that the light in me certainly bows, recognizes, enjoys, honors, and respects the light in you. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Rev. Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.